Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book and The Inflammation Spectrum and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center we have, there's lots of free resources there as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, we are giving away free signed books of your choice, either Ketotarian, The Inflammation Spectrum, or Intuitive Fasting. All you have to do is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well. No matter when you listen to this episode, we will be randomly picking winners every month and going through the reviews. You can either leave your Instagram handle on the Apple Podcast review, or you can message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole and just screenshot your Apple Podcast review and we'll go through the messages on social media as well as through the reviews on Apple Podcasts and randomly picking winners every month. All right, good luck. It's time. <laughs> Peppered through every month, we have an entire episode devoted to your burning health questions. It's such a diverse episode. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> and we're also going to go over some exciting health science. So if you're a health nerd in any way and into wellness science, we're going to go through the scientific journals, medical journals, and give you some very cool tidbits that we're seeing coming out of the research community. So you guys know, you all know the people that are on this show. You know and love them. Uh, Holly's here. She's the um, friend clinic wizard, but also patient experience liaison. Oh, come on. <laughs> We're changing the names every day. We got to get it right, though. That's yeah. really why. She's in charge of patient experience. and That sounds so much better. Yeah. I love it. I like yeah. it. I'm a fan. Mm -hmm. And then the twins are here. <laughs> Aw, <Aww, twinsies>. Accurate. 
They're not really. You are twin. my better twin. Yeah. Yes, and you are Emily my better twin. Is a twin, but her twin is not here. Carrie, we up? do love her though. Megan's Megan's yeah. my work twin. Yeah. I am the work. Just like you have a work wife, I am the work twin. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> Megan and Emily are on the patient side of things. They're both functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners. They consult people with me, and we see people again around the world. So you're seeing both sides of the clinic here. You're seeing sort of the overall experience and the actual clinical stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I just say really quick, yeah. I love that you always use the word peppered. These yeah. are these are just peppered in there. <laughs> I really love that. Do I that. say too much? No, it's no. perfect, oh. but I chuckle every time. Because I talk too much. When you talk 10, 11 hours a day with patients, I've know that I say things, I'm like a broken record, but I'm like, people ask me the same question. So I'm going to give you the same answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then there's words like pepper, apparently. I love I that. Yeah. Holly, you can add it to your word bank and I, you're always trying to come up with more I creative. I absolutely will. Yeah. Pepper's not in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pepper the pepper. So the, do you guys prefer salt or pepper? Oh, salt. All day long. 100% salt. Salt. I see I'm pepper. Really? Maybe that's why I say it. Are you even allowed here? You did not say like (laughs) Celtic salt. Wow. I love salt. Don't get me wrong, but. If I'm adding more of one, I'm adding more of pepper. Really? No, so I'm like salt. a two to one pepper to salt ratio. Wow, no. Interesting. I like a salty environment, you know? Yeah. Keep, keeps the parasites so away. Keeps the parasites <laughs> away is what Emily and I say. And it's good for your to, for natural exactly. deodorants too. Megan knows how much I love salt because I yes. steal hers yes. all day. Yes, I have backup salt in my office for so Emily. So one to one salt to pepper ratio, two to one salt to pepper? Two to one. I would say two to one I'd say I'm a one to one because I do like pepper too. I'm a big fan. I didn't like pepper growing up, but now, yeah, give me the pepper, but definitely prefer the salt. I don't know that I've ever met anyone who said I didn't like it. Like, I, yeah, growing up, it was like, no, I don't want pepper on anything. You know who loves pepper as much oh, as me? Yvette. Yvette. She's on the team. You don't know her. You don't know her on the Does podcast, she? but she's worked with us for a long time. She's, she's on the Yvette background. likes a little bit of scrambled eggs with her pepper. Yes. <laughs> really? She makes me look a yes. wow. A, she made, yes. it makes me look basic with the pepper. Yes. Because it looks like just black. Her <laughs> eggs look black. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't know. Yes. That. Yeah. Yvette, if you're listening, interesting. We have problems. <laughs> you a little bit more. We got to figure out what you're like deficient in that yeah. is causing this. Yeah. You eat pepper out of the and jar. Something real fast about pepper. I did not know we were going to talk about pepper. Thanks <laughs> me for saying pepper too much. Love it. But that peppers are not a nightshade. Black peppers are right. not Black a nightshade. Peppers, yes. But peppers like. Cayenne pepper, a bell pepper, jalapeno pepper, those are nightshades. So when we're talking about nightshade reactions, some patients have sensitivities and it drives inflammation. A lot. Do you find that a lot of patients get that? A lot of patients are conflated? like, Wait, I can have pepper. Wow, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I thought that was included in the category. And that's why you're not on the patient shows, team. Yeah, <laughs> shows you what I don't know, okay? Yes. And that's why you're here. You're the every woman. You know, you're the uh, every woman. There you I go. Am. There you go. I love it. And the other tip, don't get your pepper already pre-ground. Contains right? that mold. Oh, my gosh. Okay, say that again. Pre-ground be... pepper is more likely to contain mold than... <gasps> The pepper you grind sense. yourself. Yeah. Both so can contain mold, Get the peppercorns yeah. and grind it yourself. Wow. Yeah, I, I learned so much. Seed or could Especially when it's dried. Help. You don't know if it's yeah. been sitting in water for how long. It's- but caveat here, for most people, negligible amounts. They should yes. not be fearful of these things. Correct. And yes. some people are more biotoxin not stopping any of others. us at this table. I'm still loading <laughs> it up with the pepper. It. Even the pre-ground <laughs> stuff. So yeah. there's no shame in yeah. that. No shame. <laughs> no shame. All right. Let's get into the first 
question that you all send in. So keep your questions coming in, all everybody. So send them in via Instagram, message us anywhere on social media, and we put them on a Google Doc, and we'll get to as many of them as possible. And at the end of every regular episode, when I'm talking to one of my friends in wellness, I there's an Ask Me Anything there. So check those out if you want more of this content. All right. What's the first question? Okay. First question says, can you talk more about natural deodorants? I hear that the natural ones do not work as well. And why would I even need to have a natural deodorant? And can we talk more about the ones that we like at the clinic? All right. So look, I think that there's a lot of hyperbolic language around things like deodorants and personal care products. So I, it's very important for me to try to be as evidence-based as possible, to be as middle ground and not hyperbolic in any way or inflammatory. Do I think that people should be mindful of the things they put on their skin? Absolutely, they should be. But when people start saying cancer, cancer, like the things without really looking at the data, am I saying that there, there are ingredients that people use on their skin that is linked to cancer? Yeah, it, there is. But we have to understand the dose of it. Mm-hmm. And there is definitely more research needs to be done because a lot of these yeah. things, we, we need to look at the dose or the cumulative effect of these things. To me, if the jury's out and we have links to different chronic health problems, I'm going to err on the side of what is the least assaulting or the most natural or the most just from the earth. That's where my mind goes to. The Environmental Working Group, I'm always referencing, ewg.org, they have the Skin Deep Initiative. They're a great middle-of-the-line, evidence-based. They will tell you if there's limited data or if there's good amount of data on different ingredients, not just in deodorants and antiperspirants, but any skincare product. So when you're looking at the problems that I have with regular conventional deodorants, are the different skin microbiome disrupting ingredients and ones that have chemicals that I know that aren't good, like different fragrances that are synthetic, different artificial coloring that's synthetic as well, and then things like propylene glycol, which is used in a lot of conventional skincare products. And then aluminum is the one that everyone talks about, but many conventional brands don't even use aluminum anymore. It is used in many, but you can look like Dove, which is a very conventional brand. They have many zero aluminum because they're looking at what the consumer's looking for, right? And they're wanting better alternatives or choice. And you can pick the aluminum or not, but that has always been a concern in the wellness community for as long, you know, past my whole life being interested in this stuff, that they've talked about the aluminum and that sort of accumulative effect over time and the potential heavy metal. And the fact that when you're talking about antiperspirants, we should be sweating. And the idea that you're taking one of our main areas that we sweat and then blocking it, that what's the long-term effect of that as well? So that's my thoughts on it. And there's many natural, organic, more like cleaner lines, if you will, that will have things like baking soda, essential oils, Mm -hmm. salts that are more natural to our skin microbiome and it still allows our body to sweat. What do you all think? Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I 
I used the conventional deodorants like the rest of them. I like to work out. And I'll say when I dove deeper and I saw other countries banning certain things like the butane and the isobutane in the aerosol deodorants, like Canada and Europe, I'm pretty sure have banned those because of cancer and reproductive toxicity. And I'm always like, well, if they're not using it. Why are we? And we're a little late to that. But we do see like things like aluminum and parabens are being taken out. But I still feel like fragrance, for example. Fragrance is such a broad term. It's like natural flavoring. We don't know what's in fragrance. They do not have to list it. Mm -hmm. So to me, instead of utilizing that, I agree. I take the guesswork out and I just use ingredients from deodorants that are natural. I, I tend to utilize native. It's commonly found at Target. I use it every day. I don't see an issue with it. And I can pronounce and identify every ingredient. So that's kind of my two cents. I like, I like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you guys said. And I think, you know, for me, I understand part of that question of like, hey, I don't want to smell bad. <laughs> like, I want to find one that works well for me and that, you know, I still feel good in and I still think works. And, you know, I, but I also, just like you said, Dr. Cole, I don't want to stop my body from sweating because that is a, a yeah. natural detox process that is supposed to happen too. So there's a balance to that. And that's why I do feel like we have to find that middle ground. And, you know, as I love the EWG Skin Deep website. I use that constantly for my personal products, my kids. and But I'm also someone like, I want to be able to find these products at my local store. Yes. I'm, you know, I, I'm okay with having to order certain things, but I don't want to make everything have to be a subscription online. It's just like for me, I want to be right. able to go to my local Target or yep. grocery store and pick it up. And so I think that it's great that there are brands that are able to be found that are better middle grounds, you know, whether it's the brand that you mentioned, yeah. I know Think is a great brand as well that I've been able to get at Target. But yeah, that's at least my two cents on it. There's some brands that I like, Agent Natur, obviously, we know Agent Natur. Yes. I formulated their supplement, their internal ingestible, like Holy Main and Holy Youth. But they have, I mean, how Jenna got started was she had natural deodorants. Yeah. So they're pretty infamous. You can't get them at Target, but you can get them at, if you have a um, Neiman Marcus in your area. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty commonly found too. I mean, as I far saying, as things I go. Nordstrem it, too. Yeah. Oh, Nordstrom. I've, I've, their I love, I've gotten some of their yeah, stuff so there So if you're too. at Nordstrom yeah. or Neiman Marcus, Agent Natur is there. Yeah. And boutiques, a lot yeah. of boutiques. If you're, if you're yeah. in bigger cities, they're mm -hmm. in a lot of wellness boutiques. I love Corpus, which I know I've talked to you guys about this. You haven't tried it. But Corpus has some really good scents that I really love. And the, the part of the question that Holly read was that I heard that they don't work or they have experience that they don't work. My experience is all of these work. I'm not doing yeah. like a full-on marathon. I'm consulting patients all day long. So maybe I'm not the best judge of that. But I mean, when I work out, I don't notice any. Yeah. Problem. And here's the thing. I use, I'm a sweater. I've always liked to work out in the last like 10 years of my life. It's my stress relief. You know, it's a little cheaper than therapy. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but I will say like, I used to stink when I sweat and now I notice I do not. And I truly feel it is, you know, why are you why do you stink when you sweat? Is right. it, are you detoxing mm -hmm. from something? Do we have to further open up those detox yeah. pathways? Are you eating something and it's showing up in your sweat as not agreeing with you? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. I think we can dive deeper. When someone says their sweat stinks like that bad, 
Let's let's yeah. figure out why. And your body is going to adapt to yeah. the natural deodorant. So yes. you got to give it a little bit of time. Yes. But I also love the I love all of the primarily pure products, but their charcoal deodorant is one of my faves too. Oh. Yeah. What about you, Holly? What are you I using? I have been using a brand called Humble. Uh, super cheap. Find it at TJ Maxx. Love and it. I love that. But I was just looking at some of the native scents. Oh, the eucalyptus and the coconut vanilla ones. Okay. I was going to ask you what you <laughs> yes, use, but they have the like ginger lemonade cupcake. Yeah, yeah they've got fun fresh scent. peach it's cupcake. Funny, Don't <laughs> judge if I'm smelling deodorants at Target. Yeah, Mint cookie? When like, a native was a startup. And they sent me tons of them a few years ago, and they did not. They just had unscented. I think is all I yes, got. Yes, they started off with yeah. very simple, yeah. but they really have exploded. Upped, they have upgraded, and their ingredients are like coconut oil, shea butter, baking soda. Again, the first week or so I used it, I had to kind of adjust. But I love the eucalyptus and the coconut vanilla. We're gonna like walk into Target, find Holly eating the deodorant. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Right next to you. They also have a tie-dye like vanilla cupcake. Tie-dye vanilla cupcake. Let's go. I mean, hey, the ingredients are good. <laughs> hey, they're you know pretty saying. much edible, right? <laughs> they are pretty much edible. So, Let's go, Halls. Oh, but shoot. my son, and I, you'll, I do see native quite a bit in my house because yeah. my son Solomon, he likes native. He oh, has okay. the coconut mm. vanilla one. It, yeah. it smells really good, too. Yes, it smells great. It smells um, like the beach. And so mm. a word of no, just because something's natural doesn't mean it's not going to be irritating to your right. skin. Right. Mm. So even these natural deodorants, I know a lot of patients that still have their skins irritated to this. And the main ingredients could be the baking soda. Yeah. It can be irritating. So there are natural brands out there that will use alternative active ingredients yep. that are a little bit more sensitive. Agent Natura does have a sensitive formula yeah. that instead of the baking soda, they use zinc oxide, which is used in you know different um, natural sunscreens as well. And look at the essential oils as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those things yeah. that smell good can also, just because they're natural, can still be irritating yeah. to some yep. people. Which Native did not sponsor me. I mean, if they want to, they can. I use you a lot for CrossFit. But they do now have a sensitive formula that is baking soda free. Just throw oh, that out go. there. That's yep. <laughs> leveled up. So I would assume most of these brands are aware of yeah. that. There's yes. a certain percentage of people that We're do have a, a reaction time. to the baking soda. And they give like coconut oil alternatives or the nano yeah. zinc oxide avocado butter. These are different ingredients to arrowroot powder is another one that can absorb moisture, but still allow you to sweat. Yeah. So cool. I've just about seen it all when it comes to superfood blends. Some are truly great and really high quality, but honestly, a lot are cheap and just not very good or worth your time or money, to be honest. But one new superfood blend that I recently started hearing about testing, and loving is Metabolic Reds. Metabolic Reds packs 37 superfoods into one delicious berry-flavored scoop that you mix into a glass of water very easily and drink just once a day. And basically, it helps you start your day off right, feeling amazing from the moment you leave your home in the morning until you're going to sleep at night. It contains high-quality blends of antioxidant-rich organic red fruits, soothing adaptogens, probiotics, and digestive enzymes. And together, these superfood blends help you support a healthy gut and digestion, healthy weight management and metabolism, healthy immune system, healthy cardiovascular health, heart health, and healthy aging. Basically, everything you need 
to start feeling incredible and full of energy every single day. And Metabolic Reds fits perfectly into any healthy lifestyle. So if you eat vegan, keto, paleo, it doesn't matter. Metabolic Reds will perfectly complement what you're already doing. And right now you can try Metabolic Reds risk-free and get a free bottle of their incredible sister product, Metabolic Greens. All you have to do is go to getreds.com slash willcole to place your order. You're getting two amazing products for the price of one, but only while limited supplies last. So head on over to getreds.com slash willcole to purchase your supply of Metabolic Reds. Again, that's getreds.com slash willcole to order Metabolic Reds today and receive your free gift. Number two comes directly from an email I think our patient experience liaison team received. But this person (laughs) says, for a little over a year now, I have been dealing with joint pain and muscle tightness. I started noticing it after my daughter was born, so I chalked it up to stress. I also notice enlarged lymph nodes under my jaw as well when it flares up. I'm curious if this is something you have seen before with new moms and stress. What would be your approach to finding out what it could be? Well, I mean, I do not need to be the one saying this, but there's a lot of changes that that is happening during pregnancy and then when the baby's born. So you're looking at a perfect storm of a lot of hormonal changes, metabolic changes, inflammatory changes, that there are a lot of research looks looking at different things that can happen postpartum. And whether that be autoimmune issues or brain health changes or hormonal changes, and we hear these stories countless of times over, from over the years with patients, is that, oh, I noticed when my baby was born, things were never the same, or mm-hmm. this started then, mm-hmm. and that could look different for different people. So the problem with this is changes and allowing the body to find that rhythm again, that homeostasis after childbirth, that takes time for anybody that has a baby. So I would give your body grace to just monitor it, check in with your body, talk with your doctor, all of these sensible things. But then it gets to the point where they are then delegitimized and they are told, well, you're just a new mom. Or then the person starts to gaslight themselves and say, well, yeah, it's just that. I'm just crazy busy and I have a new baby and you know everybody's going through something. That's where I feel like we should not conflate that too much. I think that we need to, you know your body. If you see something lingering, talk with your doctor, reach out to us, and we can do we can run labs to really give it a thoughtful look. Because there are a lot of different immunological, inflammatory, autoimmune type things that can be triggered post-childbirth. One part of that question was, have we seen these things before? Yes, we've seen many, many things like that. That's most of our patient base or stories like that. And maybe it's nothing. It could be completely nothing and don't want to stress anybody out. But I definitely feel like if it's lingering, if you talk with your doctor, they don't have any clear answer for you. That's when you should look into functional medicine, in my opinion, to at least rule out what's going on, get get a good perspective of what's going on. Because the body's telling us something. The body's telling us something and it may be short-lived and maybe just a temporary thing, or it may be a sign of something else that needs to be addressed. That would be my yeah. thought. What do you think, guys think? Yeah, I think for me, you know, I have two kids, so I've been through this two times too. And the I think the most surprising part for me is is, you know, even the 
the little lab work that is done to get a baseline of when you're pregnant and even after you've you've delivered. And not to say that every time you should have to go through this whole big, you know, lab write-up. But at the same time, if you are experiencing these things, that's where labs can play an incredibly important part. I mean, even the research we know about how much the microbiome changes while you're pregnant mm -hmm. versus once you deliver. I mean, there's so much change that's happening. So I agree with what you said because Yes, there are things that are going to happen and your body is changing. So we want to give our bodies grace and there's so much going on. But at the same time, you know, you're your best advocate. And if you, like you said, if you feel like something's going on, like we need to look into that further. And that's where labs can play a really important part in that. And that change could be taking a while to happen. And so that's mm -hmm. where we can do things to really help the body adjust too at the same time. I agree. And I just kind of leave it at this too, because we have a lot of consults who come in and say, this all changed when I had my kids, like you said, Dr. Cole. And I always say, well, what happened before you got pregnant, before you had your kids? And like, but I'm telling you, this happened when I had my kids. And I'm like, no, no, I get it. But what underlying root causes may you have been exposed to yeah. before the pregnancy? Yeah. And then the stress, physical yeah. or emotional of pregnancy stirred yeah. up toxin exposure, mold, Lyme, tick-borne. Like you got to look, it's a chicken or the egg thing, you know, which came right. first or was this just underlying and pregnancy made it come to a head? Yeah. I was thinking about that as Emily was talking yeah. too. I think that's a great point that you, you highlighted, Megan, and that oftentimes we will see people that have the framework of these issues before the pregnancy, right. but their body was handling it. They maybe had less symptoms, maybe none at all, but it was there infrastructurally. And then it was the tipping point. It was the straw that broke Campbell's back because it was a stressful event. As natural as it is, it's still stressful. Yeah. The actual pre pregnancy, childbirth, and having baby and not sleeping very well mm -hmm. many times. So it's that combination of just that finite period of time of a lot of stress that can just be that the tipping point for some people. And we shouldn't yeah. let it go on and just be excused as just saying, oh, it's just a new mom yeah. thing. It's The way that they're explaining it is that when there's stress, these things flare up. Yeah. Absolutely, stress can, can flare things up. But there's probably some underlying chronic immune response, which we should be looking at what's driving that. And if there's an autoimmune component to it, that would be my thought. Yeah. And I, and I want, you know, as moms, we should feel supported that we can do things to support our body even post labor and delivery. Yeah. So that way we do feel good and confident. I mean, we're raising a newborn at this point. There's already a lot that we're <laughs> dealing with. We shouldn't have to say, oh, well, I'll just wait for my body adapt. There's so much that we can be doing to support the body. Yeah. And if you're not feeling comfortable, if you're feeling like something is going on, don't hesitate to, to yeah. go and, and seek help to try to support your body in the best way that you can. It's so important. Yeah. So. Yeah. Great point. It's time to feel free with Botanic Tonics, a plant-based tonic drink that delivers all the feels. It is love at first sip. Botanic Tonics delivers in a euphoric blend of plant-based ingredients that is a healthy productivity enhancer and alcohol alternative featuring kava and other ancient plants from the South Pacific. You can enjoy feel free for productivity enhancement and focus. So a lot of patients ask me, what are some alternatives to alcohol? And this is a great idea if you want to bring it in. I tested it with myself, with my team, and it is a great way to support calming mechanisms in the body. It supports GABA. It supports lowered anxiety, lower stress. Just feel chilled out without the hangover and all the negative health effects of alcohol.
This is a clean, plant-based formula that uses the power of kava to support calm in your body. You can enjoy this for productivity enhancement. If you're struggling with brain fog, fatigue, focus, it's a great tool to boost cognitive performance. Or if you have background anxiety, this is another great way to really support anti-anxiety pathways in the body. Exclusively for the Art of Being Well listeners, Feel Free Botanic Tonics is offering a 40% off discount on your first purchase. All you have to do is use promo code WILLCOLE at checkout. Again, that's 40% off with code WILLCOLE at checkout at botanictonics.com. That's B-O-T-A-N-I-C-T-O-N-I-C-S.com. Botanictonics.com, promo code WILLCOLE at checkout for 40% off. All right, third question. I love this. Is cacao healthy for us? And what would be the benefits of eating it? Okay, so cacao... Spelled C-A-C-A-O. It looks like cocoa, <laughs> but it's a different word. So, but it's actually both from the same bean or seed. It's both they're both from the Theobroma cacao tree. And there's no concerted regulation or clarity amongst brands on if they use one term or the next. So cacao, I think, is is used in many ways as sort of a more natural marketing term for brands that want to provide cleaner ingredients. But it really is cocoa. It's the same plant. So I would say for whether you see cacao or cocoa, same plant, look at the labels, look at the ingredients. They um, are great, almost adaptogenic bean superfood in many ways. They are quite mineral rich. And basically, the darker the chocolate, meaning the higher the cacao content, typically has the higher mineral content. And then we have patients that try to like out wellness aficionado <laughs> themselves, like, oh, I have this percentage, man. It's like, I only, I don't do anything less than that. It's <laughs> but it has things like selenium, magnesium, chromium, manganese. These are minerals that we see deficient on so many labs, specifically yeah. selenium and magnesium, but also chromium helps with blood sugar regulation, manganese we see off too. So this is definitely, if you're talking about nutrient density and food as medicine, quote unquote, then this is definitely something to consider that could provide a mineral rich, antioxidant rich as well, food source. Some people are sensitive to cacao. Some people are we have off of different legumes and seeds for a time. This would fall under that category. But it's one that many, many, many people tolerate. There's no blanket statement that I have against it. I would just say, look at the added sugar content more than anything else. Basically, the more bitter it is, which is not why people are buying this, <laughs> the better it's going to be because the sugar content is going to be lower and the we could assume if it's the higher percentages, darker chocolate, the mineral contents and the antioxidant contents going to be higher. What do you all think? Was anyone going to bring up the oxalates? <laughs> I feel like someone's going to write in and say something about Says the, the carnivore. So I'm let's sorry. talk about it, carnivore I'm lady. I'm carnivore, Jason. I had berries <laughs> this morning. <laughs> With my steak, no. <laughs> We have a full spectrum of people the way that we eat too. Like Emily's naturally more plant-based. Yep. Oh, Megan's yeah. more carnivore-ish, adjacent. Yes. I'm kind of in the middle a little bit, but 
Holly's diehard gluten-free. I give you so much respect. Yeah, you I always know the that's place the to go. one thing that I can stick to. No, you're you're. She's respect. done a lot of experimenting too. Yeah, I, I mean, have. she's always. I have. Anytime, anytime, Doctor Cole, you ask us, "Hey, who wants to try this fast? Yeah. Or who wants to do this, Holly?" You're always I'm in. Down and if it. I'm eating I've anywhere in the city of Pittsburgh, I'm asking Halls first because you have your research down on what is gluten-free. She's the foodie. Oh, Where I, can I, I go I will that's research every menu. <laughs> we get this question a lot about cacao. Yes. We really yeah. do. Yeah, We've had is. more than one pe- people want person. Their, yeah. People love this. euphemisms it's, for chocolate. It's mm-hmm. definitely yeah. it's yeah. It's <laughs> definitely an acquired <laughs> taste, though. It's I yeah. like it. You know, actually, we went camping this weekend, and I brought like super dark chocolate, yeah. like cacao, for the s'mores for my kids, hoping they wouldn't you know really notice. notice. <laughs> I'm sure They're they like, did. "Mom, this chocolate tastes weird." I'm like, "You'll get used to it." <laughs> Let's go back to the the oxalates real fast. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So here's my thing. We have some patients who could eat oxalates all day long and not mm-hmm. have any issues. This is totally a bio-individuality thing. But mm-hmm. I do know that raw, unprocessed cacao has more oxalates. And we just have to know if you are the person that maybe has the issue because it can lead to kidney stone formation mm-hmm. and oxalate buildup in the body that we mm-hmm. study. I normally, at least I see... When I see patients who have oxalate issues, it's normally in conjunction with something else like mold or toxicity. Yeah. A lot of people can handle oxalates all day long, especially in moderation. You're not, you know, taking two cups of cacao in a day. So I think everything in moderation is fine. I agree with you. And normally, you're right. We quantify this on labs, everybody. So we can measure oxalate Mm-hmm. accumulation in the body. Yeah. And Megan's absolutely right. This is definitely bioindividuality, an example of that. There are people that have higher oxalates in their body and and then having higher oxalates from foods can contribute to symptom flare-ups, namely inflammation. Kidney stones are the most common ones, but other think of urinary tract problems yeah. as a whole. Like people that have UTI mm-hmm. type issues can be a little sensitive to right. Interstitial cystitis, yes. IC, can be sensitive to oxalate. Different autoimmune issues can definitely be oxalate. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, I, my mind would go to exactly what you just said is to like, are there other contributing factors? Because we see many times mold toxins, other biotoxins contribute to that oxalate production and the food's mm-hmm. just setting it over the edge. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't blame the cacao. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Don't I would blame almost the use cacao. that as a point. Don't blame of, it. <laughs> it's almost similar to the FODMAP intolerance, yeah. yes. right? It's mm-hmm. like, yes. like onions and garlic. Is it really their fault? Or cruciferous vegetables, is it really their fault causing right. the bloating? Or is there SIBO that we have to deal with right. to mm-hmm. allow your body to be able to have these whole foods? Yep. Yeah. That's what, or just a dysregulated nervous system. I think that some people's nervous systems, right. especially right. with oxalates, can be so in hypervigilant, sympathetic overdrive that they're having reactions to everything. So it's less to do with those foods and more to do with the hyperinflammatory state and the hypervigilant nervous system, dysregulated nervous system response that we have to calm down so you can bring these foods back in. But it's something to think about, at least not having too much of it if you're oxalate sensitive. That's a great point. But it's also, I mentioned the antioxidants, they have really high levels of flavonoids, which are known to be cardioprotective, heart protective, protective against certain cancers, many other benefits if you're looking to increase antioxidants. And it's a good source of iron, mm-hmm. especially if, you've, if you're more plant-based. Think about that. It's a yeah. source of iron. And it also contains tryptophan, which is an amino acid used to make serotonin, which a lot of people- say, It's a good mood booster too. Yeah. yeah. We all need so that. So a lot of times people have the cacao in these sort of sacred elixirs in a way where like mm-hmm. they use it as a ceremonial- thing. And it's been used indigenously in this purpose for many ways as a relaxing, almost neurotropic sort of thing. But 
to Megan's point, how much are you actually having of this? If you're right. looking to really up your iron, if you're iron deficient, I don't <laughs> think you're going to fix, fix your iron deficiency from cacao. Cacao, no. But it is, it is a definitely a source amongst a larger yes. nutrient-dense diet. So, Megan, what you're saying is you pair your cacao with your organ meats. Exactly. A little well, cacao, we- <laughs> a little bit of organ meat. Yes. You know. Well, can we talk real fast? Do we have time? I want to talk about you are wearing the continuous glucose monitor yes. right now. Yes, I am. And two of your foods oh, that have – Yeah. That you have, you yeah, didn't know I was going to yes. bring this up. But two of the yes. foods that, have with, that aren't impacting your blood sugar negatively on the CGM yep. are – Chocolate and chocolate, <laughs> chocolate, <laughs> two different types so the of chocolate. Two tops. Yeah, actually, because I started off with the hue chocolate, which is really great and it didn't impact my blood sugar, and that all. has sugar in it, and that has sugar in it. So then I may have we'll call it biohacking. I was like, well, what about lint chocolate, like normal milk chocolate from lint? Also, did not impact my blood sugar. Wow. Same time of day, same workout, everything. Wow. Um, also, steak and avocado was really good. And I mean, if anybody knows us, I'm currently. Pregnant. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. We we haven't said that on the podcast. Yeah, we yet. haven't said it on the podcast. But that's, but the, last, the last AMA we said we she didn't do the water fast. That yes, was why. and that is why I, it wasn't my news to tell. So I wasn't going to say yes. anything. Yes, and I I may have had just two ounces of Chardonnay and organic like Dry Farms white wine to see if that that also did not spike my blood sugar. Rice, a lots of fruits, all spike my blood sugar. Wine, chocolate, and steak is apparently my ideal diet. And right. I'm not wow. mad about that it. That sounds like a good <laughs> meal. You just literally made so many people happy right, right now. They're like, yeah, there's hope. <laughs> there's hope. If Megan can do it, so can that I. That is bio-individuality. <laughs> Seek out your level CGM to see yeah. what your results yes. are. Exactly. And we're going to have Casey Means on the podcast really soon, probably right around the time that we people hear this episode. So she's nice. the CEO, founder, medical director at Levels. It's super and, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So patients love it. Megan's Emily's doing, doing it. it next. So we'll have to see what her top yeah, agreeable foods are. Yeah, I actually just put it on earlier this morning. Oh, cool. And this is non-sponsored episode no? for yeah. Levels. But yeah, cool data that we use clinically for patients anyways that yeah. we, we like testing out. All right. We're jumping into yeah. the Hopping on science in. corner. Yes. All right. You ready for it? Go for it. Okay. So this one is from University College London from July 20th. 2022. And it says, after decades of study, there remains no clear evidence that serotonin levels or serotonin activity are responsible for depression, according to a major review of prior research. So this is published out of Molecular Psychiatry. And it was an umbrella review, basically an overview of existing meta-analyses and systematic reviews. This is something, let me just preface all of this, is that we in functional medicine have been saying this for a long time, that there wasn't any compelling data, but yet you had an entire industry banking on serotonin deficiency or quote-unquote chemical imbalance, that there was no solid data to show that. So you want to talk about like science, well, Look, and, and I'm the first to say, if it helps you and doesn't have a lot of studies, helping you is primary if there's no negative side effects or if the side effects are minimal and you get more benefit than risk. So I'm not anti-antidepressants at all, mm-hmm. but let's not, I think this is a really good review of the data so far that the idea of chemical imbalance really isn't shown in, in the study. And there's a dramatic rise in antidepressants. This was out of the UK. They found one in six adults in the UK 
and 2% of teenagers now are prescribed antidepressants in any given year. But yet we don't, there's other studies that show that the antidepressants for many people don't work any better than placebos. Yeah. And if they do work, it's short-lived. Mm-hmm. So what I've always thought is when you look at the research out of many journals looking at the cytokine component to brain function, cytokines are pro-inflammatory cells, I always felt like the mechanism of action for antidepressants for many people was that they behaved like a mild anti-inflammatory. And it really didn't have much to do about serotonin for many people. It may impact some people, right? And they're looking at this within this meta-analysis is that that yeah, maybe serotonin within a specific genetic subset could help some people. But study after study within this review showed that increasing serotonin really wasn't the mechanism. It's not helping people across the board. So this is a big deal. This is fascinating. Because when you look at, I think that the studies, it's like 90 some percent of people really believe this concept Mm -hmm. that's not backed by science. The majority of people walking around today would say, what causes depression? They would say a chemical imbalance, a serotonin Mm -hmm. deficiency. Mm -hmm. But that's, most of that's marketing from pharmaceutical industries. So could there be a clinical use for antidepressants if it does behave like a mild anti-inflammatory? Certainly. There's tons of reasons why people take anti-inflammatories. But I just think we need to understand the mechanism why. And to our point, what is your most effective option that causes you the least amount of side effects. Right. Antidepressants have a lot of potential side effects. Right. So if they do mildly lower inflammation, I have a lot more effective ways to lower inflammation without any negative side effects. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what we deal mm-hmm. with on an hourly basis with patients. That's my thought. What do you all think? Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with what you're saying. What I loved about this study is that they are seeing how strong life events are playing into or, or taking part in this depression that we're seeing and educating people correctly on on why this could be happening and what could be linked to it is so important. I mean, obviously, all of us are going through so many very real things. And like you said, there's a time and a place. We're not, you know, anti-medication by any means. However, we need to be educating people because how many people do we talk to who say, well, you know, this is just my makeup. This is just my my brain doesn't function correctly. Mm, and yeah. this is just what I, you know, m- my plot, right? This is what I deal with. And that's not true. I mean, our bodies are made to thrive and there's obviously something physiological going on that does need to be addressed, but really figuring out that root cause and mm-hmm. how our life and, and maybe the life events that we've experienced contribute to that is important. I mean, mm-hmm. we talk all the time about how mental health and emotional health is is physical health. It's part of your physical health. And mm-hmm. if we want true and total healing, we have to address all of those and how it's physiologically impacting your body. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think you both bring up a great point because when someone says, you know, I'm depressed or anxious, I have such respect for them, first off, for admitting that. But the second thing I usually ask a patient is, well, what have you tried to address that? And it usually catches people off guard. And I'm like, well, what do you think would help that? Meditation, exercise, Mm -hmm. better sleep. You can't control stress is going to come in and depression might come in, but you can control how you react to that. And my quick question to anybody is, what have you tried? Like you said, Dr. Cole, that can help decrease inflammation, increase mood before you jump to pharmaceuticals that may not even be addressing the proper mechanism. Right. So that's and, my question. And, and even if you can find some data, which this research says 
there's no there's no strong <laughs> evidence for serotonin yeah. deficiency as a chemical. But even if you said, and I've always told this for patients, I said, well, okay, if there is some chemical imbalance, maybe there isn't some people. What's driving that chemical right. imbalance? People think they're broken. Yes. Right. People think that they're, they're just, just born to that be way. Like yes. that. And there's like they're they're not broken. There's yes. a reason why. Right. And inflammation without a doubt can cause, we know yeah. it can cause yeah. hormonal signaling problems. Absolutely. We know inflammation, it makes sense that inflammation can trigger neurotransmitter signaling problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the psychiatrist within this study, who's a clinical research fellow at UCL. He said, I had been taught that depression was caused by low serotonin in my psychiatry training and had even taught this to my students in my own lectures. Being involved in this research was eye-opening and feels mm-hmm. like everything I thought I knew has been flipped upside down. Wow, yeah. So hopefully more of this comes out. And look, yeah. and to me, I don't want this to be seen as a threat to the pharmaceutical industries. In my mind, yeah. there are many people that can be customers and there's enough. To, I'm just pro-choice when it comes to these. Yes, things. and you want to make the educated choice. You yeah. want to know what yeah. you're taking and, and have why. informed right. consent. Yes, and know what the potential side effects are. Yep. Just have open dialogues with your doctors. Yeah. And if this is a choice you want to go, then have your choice. But right. I want people to have other choices too. Mm-hmm. And there needs That's to be a conversation true. about these things. Yeah. So yeah. Next study. Okay, so this next one comes from the. National Institute of Dental and Craniofacial Research from this July 2022. And it is a, that scientists have identified neural mechanisms through which sound can blunt pain in mice. And these are just newly identified brain circuits that may point to more effective pain therapies. You want to discuss, Dr. Cole? So this is published in Science at natural, it's a great name for a journal. Uh, I'd read it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they found that in previous studies, human brain imaging studies have already implicated certain areas of the brain in music-induced pain relief. But those are only associations. So they were trying to find the actual mechanism and the causation versus just the correlation. And they found these, they got these mice with little inflamed paws, which makes me kind of sad for the, yeah. the little inflamed <laughs> pod mice. But they listened to either a pleasant piece of classical music, an unpleasant rearrangement of the same piece, oh. or white noise. Surprisingly, all three types of sound, when played at a low intensity relative to background noise, about the level of a whisper, mm-hmm. Reduced pain sensitivity in the mice. Higher intensities of the same sound had no effect on animals' pain responses. So we're talking about this low sound wave, this low frequency at a certain decibel, a certain level. And they, what they did was they injected the mice with non-infectious viruses, coupled with these fluorescent proteins, to basically trace the region of the brain. So really profound. Researchers concluded, we don't know if humans have the same mechanism. Right. Mm, we don't yeah. know what mice's rela- <laughs> what mice relationship <laughs> is with human music. Yeah. But, but there's a lot of questions that come out a of lot this. Of questions. Do they like like <laughs> classical like adult music? Contemporary? Do they prefer <laughs> jazz, soft jazz? <laughs> yeah. Do they like a, a cool Celine Dion? 90s what about Backstreet Boys? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be Holly's pick. Yeah. 
I don't know. And then Holly had a very yeah, profound I question was, here. I mean, how did they know that? Well, the, they they got a little tiny questionnaires. They had the mice fill out. <laughs> how bad? Like, how did they know the that their pain was they, less? They tracked it's it a, through the virus and the protein. Okay. So yeah. they were looking at pain signaling in the <laughs> brain. <laughs> how did they know, Doctor? They Cole? listened to their cries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. No. They they tracked signaling within the brain, and they saw those signaling those pain signaling yep, pathways improved. They did not have tiny little questionnaires for the mice, <laughs> which would be adorable. <laughs> which I don't want to digress too much. I know, Do you remember I'm, that? I'm going. Remember now. that one time we printed out a patient application. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And by it, accident. By I think accident, it, started. it came out. Super tiny. Like wee tiny little app. But it was like little words. And we I forgot about this. We cut it out and we stapled it together. And it looked like a baby little application. It, it would be perfect for a little mice. It would be. <laughs> yeah. These mice are looking to be patient. We, we need we to should send, send it over. Out, like just yeah. in case there's any around. I mean, if you <laughs> they need their they need our help. <laughs> yeah, so oh that's when you gosh. work too long together. Yep. Sometimes mm-hmm. those things yes. happen. But yeah. All right. So Fascinating. I, I cool when stuff. I hosted Goop Fellas a few years ago, I talked to a medical doctor researcher. The name is eluding me right now. About research coming, they were out of India, I believe, looking at different sound therapy when it comes to the impact on human health. So I will look for the. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll have. I'll find it and put it in the show notes. So if you yeah. go to drwillcole.com, I'll put it in the show notes because the research is really profound. And there are a lot of different people within the research space looking at the impact that sound therapy music has on, on not just pain, but overall human health, right? Is that all we have today? Yeah. That's a yeah, wrap. Yeah, that's, that's a wrap. All right, everybody. If you want to learn more about our work here at the clinic, if you want to... Check out all the links we talked about in today's episode. You can go to drwillcole.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.